Hey guys, what's going on? This is Animated X's and O's. It's currently 7.26 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. It's your boy, Ty, your favorite random anime guy. Um, Today is going to be a little different. Because I keep forgetting to upload episodes, the way we're going to do things today is we're going to mix new release Friday and rewatch Tuesday and do total recap Saturday. Just the way it's going to go. Because we have a lot of good stuff to cover. But this should be a relatively shorter podcast because I didn't really finish any series. Um, I did start one and get through most of a season and a half. Um, and then I did finish another one. So we're going to get into it today. What we're going to talk about is, uh, good luck girl. We rewatched the new episode of ranking of Kings for the dub. Rewatched attack on Titan for season four. Uh, the light novel title banished from heroes party. I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. Um, I watched episodes 9 and 10 of the dub. Uh, she professed herself people of the wise man, episode 1 for the dub. Uh, the Vampire Dies in No Time, episode 6. Uh, Restaurants from Another World, I watched season 1 through episode 7. Uh, and then episode 18 of Mushuko Tansen, Tensei, Java's Reincarnation. Swore there was more. I think um, the reincarnated, the the world's greatest assassin gets reincarnated to another world as an aristocrat. Watch the episode of that, but I don't really want to talk about that one because that one sucks. And I've already explained why it kind of sucks. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's uh, what we got going on today. Oh, Platinum End. I also watched uh, episode nine of Platinum End, which was. Freaking cool, man. I love Platinum End. Um, but we'll get into it. I got McDonald's on the fridge. So once I finish up here, I'm going to go make me some nuggets in my air fryer. And then we're going to bool. So thank you for joining. Let's talk about some anime. Okay, so let's start with the new stuff. The stuff that we have not watched before or talked about on this channel. And the first I want to talk about is the one I, I really enjoyed the most, and that's Restaurant to Another World. Uh, Restaurant to Another World, it, it, I don't know, man, I don't even know how to put it into a genre, um, except for fantasy, but pretty much there's a fantasy world where there's a bunch of miscellaneous random doors scattered throughout the world. You open it, it takes you to... Western restaurant Nikoya, um, which is a Western style restaurant in Japan, and so you just have like monsters coming over into an, another world, going to this restaurant. It's pretty cool. You have you're the master chef, and he truly is a master chef. This man makes some cuisine, some cuisine. Um, and then you get his two employees so far, which is Kuro, who's like the black dragon. She's like one of the strongest characters in the universe. And Aletta, who's a demon, who's adorable and tries her best. And pretty much like the premise of the first season is it just goes through all the regulars to the restaurant and goes through their orders. Like, what do they get? Why do they get it? How do they end up here? Who are they in, in the other world? And the funny thing is that like... Most of these people, like, some of them are, like, running away. They're on the run from, like, persecution. Some were prisoners of war. Some are, like, in the middle of war. Some are mid-quest. And they find this this door. And everything just stops. It's like, okay. It's all about... It's all about the restaurant. It's all about the food. Don't bring your baggage in here. It's all about the food. We're eating. You're here to eat. And it's just, it's just cute. Like, it's really charming. 
And eventually all the regulars start calling each other by their order. Like mincemeat cutlet. Uh, is this girl Sarah. Who always gets mincemeat cutlet because her grandfather got it. Um, what's his name? There's a shrimp boy. Can't remember his name. But there's a guy who always gets um, fried shrimp. And so they call him fried shrimp. Um, there's a red dragon who always gets beef stew for some reason. A bunch of nobles. Royalty. So it's like it's like a big deal. It's kind of cool though. It's really cool. Um, this, like I'm not a big fan of episodic episode styling. So basically what I mean is like. I need there to be a coherent plot throughout the entirety of the series. Where it's like here, it's it's like we're just gonna show you restaurant life every day. There's not gonna be a, like a really big point of it. It's just gonna be restaurant life. But season two's really start kind of like pulling the politics of the other world together. And but the funny thing is that I always think like something's gonna happen. I'm like, oh, there's there's a plot point. I bet you this is gonna happen, and it never gets as serious as I think it's gonna get. It never gets that serious. I'm like, oh, like, this guy's going to come into the restaurant. He's going to try to take the master hostage. And then he goes into the restaurant and gets fed and loves it and becomes a regular. And I'm like, oh, I'm stupid. It's okay. But no, it's 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 really good so far. I'm very excited. Um, so we'll move on to the next new watch. And we'll go ahead and go with Ranking of Kings. Because I really, really love Ranking of Kings. Like, dude, Ranking of Kings is, like, taking me by surprise. When you look at the art style, and it was done by Wit Studio. Um, you look at the art style, and you're thinking, wow, this is a kid show. Um, give me a sec. I, I try to pull up the character list for every every show I talk about now. So in my, my brain, can't remember... I have a list here. So, have the character list pulled up? No, I don't. Ranking Pink's characters, if you could just do that for me. Main characters. But you, you look at the art style and you're like, oh, this is a kid show. Like, this is a historical drama kid show. And then you start watching it and you're like, oh my god, I would never, ever show this to my kid. This is super dark. Like, it's really caught me off guard. Like, oh, spoilers, obviously. Um, I thought we established this is a spoiler. A spoiler podcast, but... Pretty much what we've what we've caught up to. If you haven't watched um, Ranking of Kings... In this kingdom... There's a giant king named Boss. Who dies. And so, he was the greatest king in the world. Ranking-wise so now one of his sons has to take over. Um, either it has to be Boji. This is not a good character list. Because I'm looking for the second can- the second prince. We have Prince Boji. And Prince Boji is this weakling. Born of two giants with no powers. Um, and then you have Prince Dida. Who seems to be the stronger, more cunning, more capable one. And the thing about Boji is, he's deaf and mute. So, he can neither, like, communicate with his voice, nor hear with, like, others' voices. Um, so, he does some pretty silly things, you know. He's pretty crazy. Pretty cray. Um, until he meets this, like, shadow monster... Which, if I could find the names, man. Um, one second. I am so sorry. Kage. His name is Kage. He meets a shadow monster named Kage, who, like, is a shady character. Um, literally a shadow monster. But he tries stealing from Boji, but Boji's just so nice to him. And he's so pure and he's so genuine. That Kage just falls in love with the kid and uh, wants to be his mentor and his friend. So, and throughout the the story, pretty much, Daida becomes king. 
and tries to kill Boji. And Boji goes on a journey to become the strongest king. And it's a complex story, and that's kind of what makes it so good. Is because like there's so many levels. Like for example, Prince or King Boss who died came back to life in the form of Dida, his son, because some woman in a mirror on the wall who's been with the the king for centuries. Which, in the last episode, they kind of showed a little bit about her. I think she's a demon. But, um... She made the prince drink a glass of... Dude, it was crazy. They, like, milked Boss's body. Like, they milked him. (laughs) It was so weird. Um, More like pulped. They turned him into pulp. And then they did the same thing with a big-ass bird, and they, like, fused it together in a drink and made him drink it, and then Boss came back in his body. I don't know what was going on. It was weird. But the cast is good. Like, Bryce Pappenbrook's in it. He he just made a big appearance. I'm a big Bryce Pappenbrook fan. Um, he's a... He's Hokuro. Hokuro is, is Bryce Pappenbrook. But as of right now, as far as we go... Boji has been working and getting stronger. And according to the mirror on the wall, Boji's the single strongest person in the world right now. It's Boji. It's all Boji. So that was really cool to see, to see that Boji's the strongest person in the world at the moment. Um, Hopefully Boss doesn't go and be a dickhead and fuck that up for him. But the show has a lot of twists and turns. It's like characters you think are good are actually evil. And characters you think are evil are actually like really like pure intentioned. So, but it's been really good so far. I really like Ranking Kings. Um, I guess we'll move on to Banished from the Heroes Party. I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. Bet you the Japanese name is twice as long. For whatever reason. Um, so pretty much the title says it all. A hero gets banished from the Heroes Party and decides to go and make medicine in the countryside. And he's loving life. And he meets a girl named Rit who adventured with him while he was in the hero's party, so she knows his secret, and they settle down together and plan to get married. Well, they don't make plans, but you kind of assume. Um, well, the hero is, his name is Red, or Gideon. Um, it's his sister, who is the hero, Ruti. And Ruti has been searching for Red since he left the hero's party. Because nothing's been the same. So I watched episodes 9 and 10. And pretty much those episodes have been about Ruti looking for a way to beat the Demon Lord. She doesn't know how she's going to do it. So she stumbles across the, across the medicine that Red and Rich spent the last like six episodes trying to get rid of. And trying to like arrest the guy who made it. And then Ruchi comes along and is like, I need that. And busts the guy out of jail that made it. Um, with Tiss. And so I thought that was really kind of annoying. I'm like, dude, she's the hero, but she's really bad at her job. But that's what episode 10 is kind of for. Episode 10, um, Ruchi ends up reuniting with Red, with Gideon. Um, it was kind of heartwarming. But it kind of shows you the backstory of Ruti and how, like, she's not a true hero. She has the hero's blessing, but she's burdened with the hero's blessing. Because she isn't really a true hero. She's awkward, and she can't communicate, and she's uncomfortable all the time. And she's shy and nervous, but she, like, fights through all that because she has the hero's blessing, and she has to be the hero. She has no choice. All she wants to do is live a quiet life with her brother in the countryside, like he's doing. But she can't do that. She doesn't have that luxury because of the blessing bestowed upon her. So I thought that was really sad. And it really added some depth to her character. And Tia Ballard voices Ruti, and I'm a big Tia Ballard fan. Ever since ReZero, or not ReZero, sorry, Zero Two, um, ever since I heard her play that role... um, I've been a really big Tia Ballard fan. And so I, I really think she nails this role because Ruti's really monotone 
really monotone. Um, but you can still hear the complexity of her emotions. Where she's jealous, she's angry, she's frustrated, she's scared, she's happy. You hear all these different emotions. She's lonely. And you hear in a monotone fashion. And so Tia Ballard really brings some complexity and depth to the character. Um, that is Ruti, who is, like, after the last episode, a really good character. I knew that when they dove into her character, it was going to be good. But as for the show overall so far, like, it's really boring. Like, if you're looking for, like, a charming, sweet romance with, like, some story to make it a little bit more compelling, it's it's a good show for you. But for me, I liked earned romances. That's why I like shows like Toradora. I don't like. All right, I love Horamiya, but not Horamiya is the opposite of what I'm talking about. Think of Toradora. We're just gonna stick with that. That's the best example I have. Um, Rent a girlfriend, which just got confirmed for season two. By the way, gonna rewatch that this week. But uh, this show is like a, it's it's. It doesn't make you fight for the romance. It just is immediately like, oh, look, these two know each other. Look, they're dating. You know, like common sense. Um, and then they're just really awkward. It's, it's, it's weird because it's like real in the fact that it's like, oh, two people like each other and they see each other every day. Of course, they're going to start dating. But then it's also like two people like each other and are dating, but they can't hold hands or kiss because they're too nervous around each other. Like, no, what, what? These are grown adults. What are you talking about? Stop it. They could be, they be, they, they going to need new beds every week. They, they get a bed together. That's what that reference is to. Um, it's a big thing like, oh my God, we have a bed. We can sleep together. And then they like go to fuck and Gideon is just like, let's not. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, you got this, like, bad bitch right right in front of you. I respect it, though. Um, taking it slow. But, yeah, it's a slow burn. Um, it's, it's... Quiet life in the countryside is an understatement. It's been... It's been... It's been quiet, for sure. But, uh, so far, I'm like, yeah, this is all right. I watch it when I'm really bored and I have nothing else to watch. But you might... You guys might like it. Start a conversation. Tell me. Maybe maybe there's something I'm missing on this show. Maybe maybe there's a point that I, I don't get. But, yeah. So that's Banished from the Heroes Party. I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. I'll keep you... That, that show's almost over. I think there's like two episodes left. So I'll keep you guys updated on that one. Let's keep new releases going, I guess. Um. Oh my god, I have to talk about this one. She pers- she professed herself pupil of the wise man. I couldn't tell you what was going on in this show. This is going to be brief. I only watched episode one. It's the only one out right now for dub. It was awful. Half the show was montage with weird music over top of it. And it didn't explain anything. It's kind of trying... So there's this video game, a VR MMORPG. It's a virtual reality, massive um, online role-player game or whatever it is. Um, Massive multiplayer online role-player game. And so basically SAO. And we learn about these characters in the game, and they're having a good time. But the way that the show describes it is it's like an actual world with history and stuff. And it's basically, like, the first episode's like a history documentary on the history of the world inside this video game. Um, And then by the end of it, the main character gets sucked into the game, and she becomes a little girl. But, like, you don't know that. You kind of have to piece that together because they don't make it clear. They don't really make anything clear in the show. I had no idea what was going on. Like, this could be a two-minute recap because it was that bad. I, I, I didn't know what was happening. It was awful. My first thought was, holy, SAO. My second thought was not. SAO is better than this. Give it some credit. I don't know. Um, I will probably keep up with it just because, I don't know. Why not? But it was pretty... It's pretty garbage. Pretty bad. 
I, I don't recommend unless you're big like if you're like an isekai guy or like those um video game isekais like sao or log horizon like if that's your thing like yeah go ahead and watch it or um infinite dendrogram i forgot that sure existed until i remembered it 30 seconds ago um but, like, if those are your thing, watch the show. The animation's nothing crazy. It's, like, typical animation, right? It's not like there's anything extraordinary. The best thing about the show so far is that the main character is known as a single-man army. Because he can literally summon, like, an army with his magic. Um, I was like, alright, that's kind of a flex. It's kind of cool. I su- I, you know, I, su- I suppose it's kind of cool. Um, but it's not, that, it's not that amazing. So, but if it's your style, like, give it a try. Let me know how you think. Let's keep the new releases going. I actually think I only have one more to talk about. I have two more to talk about for the new releases. Because I'll talk about AOT, the new episode. I'll talk about that when I talk about my rewatch. Because I won't talk about the rewatch too much. I'll talk about... Actually, no, we'll talk about AOT now. Let's let's just lump it in with, with with the new watches. So the new episode of Attack on Titan came out. The new season. Season 4, part 2. And let me tell you what. MAPPA has truly outdone themselves so far in the second season. The animation was incredible. Huge step up from the previous season the previous part part one of season four which i didn't think the animation was that bad was a little jarring yeah but you know mappa only had like six months to animate 12 episodes like that's a lot to animate in six months a 12 episode season usually takes like a year and a half to animate they had a third of that that's ridiculous they had serious time and money constraints um and it was still a sweatshop in there and they did the best they could but you can tell they had more time because this episode was so much better. It was so good. Um, you get you get Daddy Jaeger, Big Boy Aaron. He's a use. He uses more of the Warhammer Titans powers, which is fucking cool. Um, to fight off both Galliard and Rhina on their surprise attack, led by peak who peak is the mvp of this show like if peak wasn't so goddamn good at her job like this show would not still be going parody would have won like a long time ago back in season three parody would have won zeke would have been killed rana would have been killed but because of peak like, the show is still going. Same thing with the attack on um, Marley. On the internment zone. If it wasn't for Peak being so goddamn good at her job, warning her unit to come get her in Galliard, oh, it would have been a clean sweep. Would have been a clean sweep. It was still a pretty... I mean, that was still a pretty successful attack. Which led to this moment, which is Aaron fighting off both... Um, Rhino and Gallery, which they were kind of kicking his ass. But then Pete comes in, MVP, with her fat-ass gun and snipes him in the skull twice. And I don't know, it just looks really, really good. Um, and shit's about to hit the fan. Shit's really about to hit the fan. Um, like in the next, like, six episodes, which is, I think it's a 12-episode part. Um, but in the next six episodes, like... Shit is going to absolutely hit the fan. The, I started watching the subbed. Because it was the new episode subbed. Just because I wanted to watch this goddamn show so badly. And I loved it. Like, I didn't really notice the sub. I was too busy looking at, holy shit, the Titans look amazing. They killed it with the 3D animation. The sound of the rendering looks so good. Um... The fight scenes look a lot better. Now, it's it's not like Wit Studio Season 2. Because Wit Studio peaked in Season 2. Actually, I don't even... Season 3, when Levi's running away from 
Kenny and his squad. And he's going through um, the city. And he's just using his ODM gear and just flying around. Like, that's that's peak animation to me. That shit was awesome. But um, Wit Studio delivered some amazing performances. And so I think MAPPA really had to step up. And, they had, like, they couldn't do it the first part. But the second part, like, that's been my biggest takeaway is, holy shit. The animation looks amazing. And then I'm still trying to figure out... Armin's trying to figure out what Aaron's doing. Armin's like, oh... Aaron's going along with Zeke's plan. No way he'll do this euthanization plan. He's obviously just going to use the rumbling. But he needs to get Zeke to trust him first. To use the rumbling. And I'm like... I don't know, man. Armin, like... We're all trying to figure out Aaron's motives. All of us. We want to figure out Aaron's motives. But, like, I don't know. That's kind of reaching... No one knows what Aaron's doing. And I even, like... So the ending of the manga got spoiled for me. Slightly. Because I don't know everything. Like, I still don't know Aaron's motives. That's one thing where I'm still watching to know. I don't know why Aaron's doing it this way. Like, whether he's lost his mind. Whether all the titans he's consumed has sort of fucking with him. I don't know. I have no idea. But it's been... It's been really really fun to watch this show I mean this show came out I was like 12 or 13 when this show came out and I'm about to turn 23 so it's it's been awesome like Attack on Titan is one of the anime cause like I got really into anime two years ago um, right before the pandemic, I got really into anime because my roommate in college. But Attack on Titan, I was watching. Well, before that, I, wa- I was watching it because of my friends in eighth grade slash ninth grade in high school. Um, and so just like growing up with this show, like it's been insane. And knowing that like this is the way it's going out. No, obviously, like, this season isn't it. This season doesn't... It's not going to cover the rest of the manga. So there's probably going to be a movie. There's probably going to be a movie. Because I can't imagine... Like, it's the final season. It's Attack on Titan. Final season. So they can't do another season. So I'm expecting a movie. Take over the last part. And it's going to take them probably like two years to animate that movie. Because some of the shit that I've seen in the manga. Like how do you animate that? It looks insane. It looks like it's going to be fucking wild. Um, but I'm excited for that. It's been it's been fun watching the series. And I'm going to continue having a blast every Sunday. Watching it happen. I can't wait for tomorrow. Because tomorrow we get another episode. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited to keep going. Um, I know you guys are all watching Attack on Titan. Let me know what you guys thought, what you guys are thinking. Let me know how you enjoyed it, what your predictions are if you haven't read the manga. Um, if you have read the manga, what are you most excited to see animated? Um. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Um, but yeah, let me know. Let me know. Let me know what, what you're most excited about. We can have a discussion. Because I know what I'm most excited about, and it has to do with manga spoilers. And I'm not gonna, I don't wanna spoil any manga stuff. If it's anime related, like, we can talk about anime for anime onlys. But, like, manga stuff, like, you will have to reach out to me. We'll have to have a, a conversation. Where there isn't a way of spoiling it for the people who only watch anime. But, reach out. We have two more new watches. And then we have one rewatch. So, let's talk about Platinum End. So, Platinum End, we talked about the other day on this channel. So, I'm not going to recap Platinum End. 
Um, you guys can just go to that episode and listen to my recap there, or uh, you can just go watch Platinum Ends yourself and let me know what you think of it. And that way you can join in on the conversation. Because if you haven't seen Platinum End and you're just going off my summary, you're not doing yourself justice with any of these shows. I don't really give great summaries. Like, I'm not great at giving summaries. I'm not great at telling every detail of these shows in a way that makes sense. So, do yourself a favor. Go watch these shows when I say them. And then come back and listen so we can have a conversation. Have a good conversation. Another show that I'm going to talk about, Mushoku Tensei, that and Platinum Man are very good shows. And they're shows you have to watch yourself. They're both very, very good. Platinum Man, I just watched episode... What the hell episode did I watch? We have to pull up the... Uh, doesn't want to tell me. Does not want to tell me. Episode 9. The face of an assassin. Oh, this was hilarious. This episode was, was wonderful. Why? Because it showed me the ugliest man ever. This man was so ugly. He's a god candidate, by the way. Um, this man was so incredibly ugly that he paid to become an anime character. He paid to become a JoJo character. Hajime Sokotani. He paid to become a JoJo character. I think that's hilarious. Um, dude, I gotta get off the wiki. I just spoiled some things for myself. Ah, but um, so the big thing here is that like Mirai. Actually, it's a, it's a, it's the backstory on. Uh, What just says him? Hajime. It was a big backstory on Hajime, our JoJo character. And about how, dude, he was so ugly. He was so incredibly ugly. Like, dude, like, when they said he was the ugliest man ever, I didn't think that was true. Until I watched him, like, oh my god. The poor guy who had to animate this ugly dude, man. Oh, Jesus. This man is ugly. He was so ugly. His mom killed himself. Killed herself. God, he was so ugly. And so he went to hang himself with the same noose that his mother hanged herself with. And then his angel showed up. The angel of intuition, which I thought was funny because it's this extremely hot, handsome angel. And he's just kind of like, you, my friend, are very handsome. And I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Stop patronizing this man. He knows he's ugly. And he uses a red arrow on a girl so that she would kiss him. And he's looking at himself in the mirror, kiss this girl. He's just freaking out. He's like, dude, no girl would ever kiss me. Not while I look like this. Like, dude, he even understands how ugly he is and how improbable it is that a girl would ever be physically attracted to him. So he steals a bunch of money, gets plastic surgery to look like a JoJo character. Um, and that that's the only way I can describe it because his art design, art art design, character design, like his art style, is completely different from anyone else's in the show completely different you're talking it's got heavy outlines bright colors chiseled jawline like it looks he looks like a jojo character um and then he he sees metropolitan which what's his fucking name Conaday. Richard Conaday is his name and uh, so he sees Conaday. and as metropolitan and he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. He's like, oh, God, Canada being a hero. So he starts idolizing him, and he'll do anything for him, which, man, this show's really big on um, group, like, weird dynamics, uncomfortable dynamics. Like, the show makes you really uncomfortable. Um, like, it was the same when, when Condé took over the murder girl, and you just saw the murder girl just, like, raping these young girls and then killing them um for him and i'm just like this is really uncomfortable um 
But the main part, like, the big bombshell of this episode was, um, when Sokotani, Sokotani, that's his name, Hajime Sokotani, when he took, uh, Mikado's family. He took his family to trap a god candidate, because that's how he would prove his worth to, uh, Kanade. So... Big bombshell. Not much else happened, but we did see. Oh, we also got to see uh, Saki's costume, which I thought was was cool. Um, which I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. What's his name? What's the, What's this angel's name? Revel. Revel was not cool with it. Revel was not happy about it. Revel fucking hated that. Rubble thought it was really fucking dumb. Because she looked like a cat. I don't know, I thought it looked cute. I liked the costume. It was yellow, just like she asked. With ears that fold down into, like, goggles. And her tail disperses heat throughout the costume or something like that. I don't know. But, eh, yeah, good episode. Not much else to talk about there. And then the last new watch I want to talk about is Mishoko Tensei. Which was also kind of a build-up episode. Because it was pretty much just about Roxy. Um, I mean, yeah, there's Arison and Rudy that were... And Rudy was really seasick for some reason. Who knows? And he wasn't seasick before, but he was really seasick this time. And Eris being seasick, they were just dying together. That was it for them. The rest was about Roxy and Roxy's backstory about how she can't hear telepathy... Um, from her people, her demon race people, uh, and so that's why she left home, but she ends up going back to Rikurisu by request of people, her friends, or somebody, I don't know, she runs, I can't remember, she runs into somebody and they tell her to go home, um, and so she goes and sees her parents, and she realizes that her parents really do, like, care for and love her, um, and that she was making herself the outcast. Plop, plop, plop. Um, it, it was a slow episode. Not a lot got done. I'm waiting for the day. Because she... Oh, the big thing here. The big bombshell. Is she found out that Rudy, Eris, and Rougeard is dead end. After after hearing that, she wasn't surprised, which was surprising to me. I thought, like, you hear that, like, you hear your formal pupil is dead end. Like, I think that would be a big deal, but she, she wasn't she wasn't surprised. Not by any means. And so now that she knows that Rudy's safe, she's not going to go look for him. She's going to go look for others. She knows Rudy's safe. Which kind of sucks, I'm like, dude, Rudy and Roxy, come on. They need to see each other again. They need to see each other again. Um, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, Roxy and Rudy, that, that's, that's, I think they, they need to see each other again and rekindle. Um, I also know how the, how the light novel um, ends. I don't know most of the story, but I know how it ends. It ends the right way in this situation. That's all I'm going to say. It, it ends... When you were given a harem situation like this, it gives you the right situation. It gives you the right ending to resolve it. But yeah, not much happened in Mishoko Tensei. Just a little Roxy backstory. Roxy's mom is still a MILF. Um, yeah, so I'll keep you guys updated on that one. That's just been really slow to release dub wise which is really unfortunate so but i'll keep you guys updated if there's anything you're excited for let me know okay so i did rewatch darling in the franks thinking about it remembered i rewatched darling in the franks i also rewatched quintessential quintuplets darling in the franks i don't really like talking about because other than zero two there's not much redeemable value Not much redeemable. I mean, like, there's cool action scenes. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, Strelitzia. Like, seeing Strelitzia go full badass and just, like, fucking merc. Uh, Kalaxosaurs. 
It's super fun to watch. And Ichigo and uh, Gordo, their relationship is really cute. Probably the best in the series. Because I'm not going to lie to you. Hiro and Zero Two don't have a healthy relationship. And they're not that fun to watch. They're cool to where it's like, when you find out that Hiro was the darling from Zero Two's childhood that they've been searching for their entire lives. Um, brought back together despite their memories being gone. Like, it's romantic as hell. Not gonna lie to you. But, Goro and Ichigo, that's the true romance. That's the real romance of Darling in the Franks. So that's the Darling in the Franks, is Ichigo with Goro. That's it. Um. So I really like, I mean, it's a show where it's like, it's one of my... It's definitely one of my guilty pleasures, because it's not good. Especially after episode 16. Like, episodes 0 through 12, 1 through 12, are pretty good, right? I'm not gonna lie. The world building is kind of weird. It's kind of cool, though. Um, where it kind of immerses you in it, but doesn't say anything about what's going on. You kind of understand it's post-apocalyptic. Um, like, you have these kids that are fighting in suits. Um, and then 12 through 16 um is kind of like whoa we're taking a, a tonal directional shift and then honestly like i'm not gonna lie 14 through 24 it's like oh my god am i watching neon genesis evangelion oh my god this is basically like that show just fucking ripped off and made terrible like there were certain scenes where I'm watching, I'm like, dude, this is straight Evangelion. It got ripped out of fucking end of Evangelion, like the movie. It got ripped out of it. And just redrawn. It's the exact same scene. It's literally the exact same scene. Um By the end of the show, shit is so weird, bro. Like Zero Two became a spaceship. There's a whole intergalactic war going on. Like, it's almost like, it goes from, wow, we, we can take down a Klaxosaur, to, dude, there's like 6,000 Klaxosaurs fighting these other alien fucking shits, um, fighting Verm, that's what they're called, Verm, it's like, oh my god, dude, there's a whole war going on, this is crazy, it's like, yeah, how do we get to this point, I don't really know, it kind of just all happened in episode 21, it just ha- suddenly happened, the Klaxosaurs, Klaxosapiens, they're actually like, the original Earthling fighting Verm, their mortal enemy, millions of years later or whatever. Um, so, I mean, you kind of shit hits the fan. It's kind of weird. But that's Sterling and the Franks. I did rewatch. I liked it. Um, I'm not going to get any specifics just because Darling and the Franks is. It, it's not a show exactly all that great but zero two makes it worth it strelitzia after um keto decides to to ride with with the zero two and when she turns like red and she's like crying dude i'm like dude strelitzia looks so beautiful right now like like oh my god like i started tearing up i was like bro she looks so happy she looks so pretty like Good for her. Good for Strelitzia. Um, Strelitzia's the robot, but she's like, basically, the only way Strelitzia works is if it's the uniting of Hiro and Zero Two. So the fact that she looks so happy and she looks so pretty was just like a signifying thing that Zero Two and Hiro were like genuinely accepting of each other's love. So I was like, dude, that's really cool. Really, really like it. So yeah, that's Darling in the Franks. Next we'll be talking about... Let's see. There's something else I rewatched too, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Quintessential Quintuplets. Rewatch that, which... Oh my god, I only have one thing to say. So I'm not really going to talk about Quintessential Quintuplets. Because the movie's going to come out, and I'll talk more about it when the movie comes out. All I'm say is I know how it ends. Spoiled it for myself. I know how it ends. I'm not going to say it here. I'm not. But the author made the wrong choice. The Mangaka made the wrong choice. I think he went for the shock value over what makes sense. 
because as far as the anime has gotten, I don't know what else happens. I don't know what's going to happen in the movie, but as far as the anime has gotten, the when he decides to win of the quintuplets is the wrong choice. It's the wrong choice. Of all the quintuplets, of all the quintuplets, she was the worst one. She had the least romantic chemistry with the main character. Let me go get his name. I will talk about it in a little bit. I remember all the girls' names. I don't remember his name. What is his name? Oh, fictional characters. There we go. Um, Uesugi. She is the worst possible choice for Uesugi, in my opinion. The least romantic chemistry, like, the least screen time with him. Like, they're just not together. They don't talk a lot. She's also, like, personality-wise, the worst fit for him. It doesn't make sense. You also don't think that she's into him because she never really makes it clear. Well, I mean, there's one episode where she kind of does, but it's not like the others. And I don't even want to talk about it any further because I'll spoil it. But all I'm going to say is think about it. There's one girl who professed her feelings of love for him and is very vehement about making it work. There's another girl who is willing to backstab all her sisters because she was so in love with them. There's another who worked her goddamn ass off to show her affection and to do it the right way. She was my favorite. And then you have... Another one who's more like a sister to him. Um, and it's definitely more like a brother-sister connection. Like, that's just how I would describe them. I'm not going to use any names. You should be able to know if you've seen the show. Um, and then you have the last one. Who's the one he ends up with? Connect the dots. Connect the dots. I don't I, know. I was, it was really dumbfounding. And rewatching the whole thing, I was like trying to look for moments where they were together. Um, Usugi and the girl he ends up with. I was like looking for moments like when does it happen? When does when's the moment? And they say like this is the moment. I realized I was in love with her, and I was like, bro, you didn't even know it was her. Like it was one of those moments where they all look the same. Where they all look like um, they all look like Itsuki. They're all dressed up like Itsuki for their vacation. You don't even know who the fuck it is. What are you talking about? We're talking about that's the moment you fall in love. No, it is not, brother. No, it is not. Get your shit together. Get your life together. You got a bunch of bad bitches that are in love with you. And you pick the one that, like, doesn't make any sense. Best girl, maybe. Up for debate. That's all personal. Subjective. Best girl has nothing to do with whether she ends up with Usugi or not. But I don't think she should have been the one picked. That's just me. And that's all I'm going to say about quintessential quintuplets. Because now I'm going to move on to the show I wanted to talk about, which is a show that m- most people haven't seen. Um, and that is Good Luck Girl. So I decided, um, ignore my dog in the background, by the way, I decided to make this whole segment um, because I want people to see the title Good Luck Girl and know I'm talking about it. Um... Because it is a show that not a lot of people watch, right? No one's really heard of Good Luck Girl. It's a random show from 2012. Um, But it's really funny. It's got really good character design. And I I really enjoy it. This is the third time I've rewatched Good Luck Girl. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. The main girl, Ichiko, is super fucking annoying. She's so annoying. So her whole thing is that there's 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 good luck energy and bad luck energy. Um, there's happiness energy and unhappiness energy is what it is. Happiness, unhappiness. 
and happiness energy can pretty much give you luck. This girl, Ichiko, has an unprecedented um, amount of happiness energy. It's, like, not balanced. She's throwing the world out of balance by having too much. She has so much that she sucks the happiness energy out of people around her. So you, ha you have Momiji, who is a poverty god, whose responsibility is making sure there's a balance of happiness and unhappiness energy in the world. Her job is to go and suck the happiness energy out of Ichigo. But the thing is, with all her happiness energy, Ichiko has everything she could ever want. She's extremely attractive. She has a great body. She's popular with the boys. She's smart. She has all the good luck in the world, so everything goes her way. And she loves her life. And she's really fucking annoying because she's super inconsiderate. Um, you have uh, Momiji basically saying, hey, you're sucking the life out of anyone who you care about. You will, you will always be alone. Because you will never be with anyone you care about. Because you just suck the happiness away from her butler, the only person she actually cared about, had a heart attack. And Ichiko's basically like, whatever. I mean, like, yeah, she was upset, but she's still not going to give her happiness energy to Momiji. She's so selfish and entitled, she thinks that she deserves this. And, that, you know, that's, that's, just, it, it was so annoying. Absolutely the most annoying thing in the world. Where I'm like, Jesus, dude, can you, can you please, like, care about people? It was just frustrating to watch because there are moments where you're like, dude, she's bratty as hell. Why is she the main character? Like, this is not a main character we want to root for. This is not a main character I want to see succeed. I want to see Momiji beat her ass, and she doesn't. Momiji always gets her ass beat. The thing is, the way they set it up is Ichiko always wins. And you want to see her lose so badly because she's so bratty and annoying, but she never loses. Even in moments where you're like, holy shit, it's stacked up against her. She has no right to win this. There's no reason she should win this. And she does. Like, when she goes up against, um... What's her name? God. Hold on. Time out. Tio. We're, we're pulling up... We're pulling up the characters here. Ben Bagami. Ben Bagami. That's that's the name of the Japanese version, by the way. For anyone anyone curious, um, good luck, girl. Characters. Here we go. Ranmaru, Rindo Ranmaru, like Rindo Ranmaru is a badass kung fu or karate karate master, bro. Like martial arts expert, um, raised from birth to be that way. She is a badass bitch. One of my favorite characters in the show. She's such a cutie cutie tomboy badass like all those things put together and um when she wants she wants to kick ichigo's ass because um ichigo gets her in trouble like ichigo literally throws her under the bus for something she didn't do fucking brat am i right um and ramaru goes to fight her and beat her ass and say if i win like you shut the fuck up and you fucking stop and then Ichigo wins by luck. And I'm like, dude, this is fucking stupid. And then Ichigo goes to fight Ranmaru's dad. Yes, on her behalf. And yes, for the sake of Ranmaru. But it's like, dude, this is probably one of the strongest men in the show. In the world, arguably. Like, this man is exceptionally strong. This isn't a fighting show, by the way, so it's not like this should like there's any power scaling or anything like that. So don't get the wrong idea. But this man's supposed to be powerful, and she beats his ass too. I'm like, goddamn! Like, how strong is this? Is this 16, 17 year old girl? Because of happiness energy, I'm like, this is dumb. But this this scene, this show is so funny, bro. It's so funny. This show is hilarious. So aside from me hating Ichiko, and when she finally does develop as a character, it's too late. I lost interest. I'm not watching the show for her anymore. Like, I'm done. I'm watching the show for the references. There's a bunch of, like, anime references. A million anime re references. To random anime. Like, there's Neon Justice Evangelion, there's Jojo, there's Dragon Ball Z. There's a bunch of really, really well-done references. And it's hilarious. Um, Momiji's hilarious. Um, the Poverty God. She's funny. 
there's two characters. There's Momo, the masochistic dog god. And then there's Bobby. Bobby is the the perverted monk. And it's just so fun. There's one scene where there are these girls, track team or something, and they're running. And they're like, um, sound off, fight, fight fight you know like they're doing their little chants while they're running and it's slow it's 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 probably a two minute scene where you just see them slowly running across the screen it's these bunch of girls for like 45 seconds and then after they finally get across the screen right behind them you see you see bobby and momo running behind them too (laughs) And and you're like why the fuck are you there and as soon as they get across the screen there's the police car chasing them, and I'm just like, bro, this is so geeky. What's going on? Um, and the interactions between characters is hilarious. Like, especially like, like Momiji and Bobby, or Momiji and Momo, and then even towards the end, like Ramaru and Momiji, when they all get closer, the three of them, Ichigo, Momiji, and Ramaru, when they all become friends, like their interaction is awesome. It's adorable. I'm like, dude, they really are true friends now. Keita's really funny because he's such a... He's so broke, bro. He will do anything to make a buck. And so he all he's worried about is like... Like, Ranmaru is in love with Keita. But all Keita's worried about is making money. So he'll use Ranmaru any way possible to make money off her. And it's just so funny. My biggest problem with this show is... They try to justify Ichigo's behavior because she was hurt when she was a kid. And I hate when animes do that. Because like, if you're going to take one thing away from what I have to say. It's all because you had an issue when you were younger. Gives you no right to mistreat other people when you're older. Like you have absolutely no excuse to treat people poorly. Because someone hurt you or bullied you. That's absolutely no excuse. And you'll get no pity from me. So the fact that, like, literally all that happened was a friend of hers, like, liked the same boy she did. And went behind her back to go, like, get the boy. Like, I'm like, that's it. That, that's, that's what hurts you. That's why you're such a fucking conniving whore. Bitch ass. Like, why? You're a brat. Like, because of that, there's no excuse. Like, she pushes everyone she cares about or that cares about her away. I'm like, what? Did her mother die? Did her her, her did her family, like, get murdered or something? Like, why does she push everyone away? It's because some friend in grade school took the boy she liked. I'm like, dude, like, I, you're not getting any sympathy. This character sucks. Ichigo sucks as a character. Garbage. Like, you have all the tools there to have a good character. And just don't build it correctly. You do not. You do not do it. The building sucks. This is garbage. Best character in the show. Probably be Keita. Or Momo. He's self-proclaimed the best character in the show. The the fourth wall breaking is hilarious. Momo is the self-proclaimed best character in the show. And he needs more screen time, apparently. According to him, he says this word for word. But I I think it's Keita. Keita's taking care of his family. I relate to Keita a lot. His parents ran off on him. Um, and they were broke. And there's like five of them. Including him and four other siblings. And so he works the graveyard shift. Goes to school during the day. Works his ass off. To put food on the table. And a roof over the head of his family. And he like he's a big family guy. He's only worried about the safety and well-being of his family. Like, And he tries to make him, like, he tries to make him understand that you don't need money to be happy. Um... And so Kato's a, a pretty stand-up guy unless it comes to Ramaru. Because when it comes to Ramaru, he's just trying to rip her off. Um, and use her for money. But there are some pretty sketchy, shady scenes. Like when Ichiko gets abducted by the girls at school that don't like her. And so they're, like, going to get the guys to, like, these sketchy-ass dudes to rape her and then leave her in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, okay, this is this is crossing a line. This went from really funny, like innocent, silly anime to wow. This is this is kind of dark, actually. Like, I I don't know how I feel about this. Um, 
but it, I mean, it really does come down to there's some really cute, wholesome moments in the show, and it's also really, really funny. Um, and not, not a lot of people watch it, but I think the dialogue is really good. And the dialogue I'm writing is really good. Ichiko is a terrible character. Period. But it's still a good show, and I, and I do like it. Um, there's some interesting plot points. There's some interesting conflicts that you wouldn't expect to arise, but do. They'll just throw shit at you, and it'd be really funny. Though the characters you least expect, like the bathroom god. The bathroom god might be the best character in this show. He brings up some of the best points. And he doesn't get appreciated for it. So... Definitely give Good Luck Girl a try, please. There's a lot of underrated anime that you won't watch because it's not shonen or because it's not like the biggest drop of fall 2011. You know, like it, it's not it's not like a huge deal in in the eyes of anime fans. But like, there's some really really good anime out there that you should be watching. I totally forgot to talk about Vampire Dies in No Time tragic well hey i mean let's go ahead and talk about it really quick before we head out vampire doesn't know time was a new watch for me i know i just got off my rewatch with good luck girls and just we're jumping back and forth and that might be a little confusing i'm going through my funimation right now looking to see what i've watched and i see vampire doesn't know time episode six there and totally forgot to talk about it vampire doesn't know time is fucking hilarious it's all i'm gonna say go watch it it's it's extremely silly Draluk, especially, I just watched episode 6 about Draluk's family. Draluk's family is really sweet. And this is probably the best episode because of the interactions between Ronaldo and Draluk. Now, Draluk, like, they're basically friends. Like, they're really good friends. Um, They have that kind of interaction. And Draluk tells his family that Ronaldo is a pole dancer. So that way they don't find out he's actually a vampire hunter. And it creates some really funny interactions with him and his family. And then you meet Draluk's grandfather who makes him play this game. And the game is fucking hilarious because they either die or you have to wear a bunny costume. And they're all like, well, let me wear the bunny costume. And so they're all wearing bunny, like, like Playboy bunny costumes by the end of the game. It's just, and it's like do or die because one of the gifts, like one of the rewards for winning the game is Ronaldo's book. And I mean, there's, it's just so funny. And by the end of it, like you kind of see some complexity with the vampires because they find out that Ronaldo is a vampire hunter and he's the one who wrote the books, the Vampire Chronicles or whatever. And they're like, dude, thank you for killing all our bad vampire brothers. Like, we don't want them around. And you see some complexity because, like, dude, they don't they don't hate vampire hunters. They appreciate them because they're doing, they're, they're like, cleansing the race. Horrible as that sounds, um, but it's just really funny, and I really, I really like the show. It's it's one of those where it's like it's it's funny, but like it's unorthodox funny. So it's it doesn't have to force itself to be funny. It just throws a joke at you, and you're just like, dude, that's actually like really funny. That's good. It's clever. It's original, and so I like it. Um, they do kind of use the the sand because when when Draluk dies, he turns into sand. Um, they do kind of abuse that that trope that joke a little much but that's okay because i love when drawley turns to sand because he doesn't just turn to sand he literally yells sand <sighs> sand like it's so funny i don't know what it is it's, it's it's a sweet show but that's it that's it for this week i think actually that covers the last two weeks well that's my watches my rewatches um let's recap so we have we have restaurant to another world ranking of kings uh, banished from a hero's party, I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. She professed herself pupil of the wise man. Mushoku Tensei, Platinum End, Vampire Dies in No Time, Attack on Titan, and Good Luck Girl. So we covered a lot. And so we might not have gone to, oh, Quintessential Quintuplets. Darling of the Franks. We covered a lot. I keep forgetting about it. Um... 
And so if you if you guys want to talk about anything, because I didn't cover too much about each show because I wanted to make sure I got all the shows out. I went to good detail about Good Luck Girl. I talked a little bit about Attack on Titan. Um, and then a little bit of Platinum Ends, Quintessential Quintuplets, Drowning of the Franks. If there's anything you want to talk about, hit my line on Twitter. You can send comments through uh, Anchor, which is the app I use. Uh, my Twitter handle should be on my Spotify. Reach out, please. Let's start a conversation. But until then, you've been listening to Animated X's Nose. I am Ty, your favorite random anime guy. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to all the conversations we have. Have a great weekend. Filled with anime. And I look forward to hearing all from all you soon. Take care.